Hi and welcome to the English Language Live podcast, episode one, Willpower. My name is Jendrek and in this episode I'm going to confront my reflections about learning a foreign language with the concept of willpower from the book by Roy Baumeister and John Tierney. Let me start, however, by giving you a clever tip to use in your next resume from the very beginning of the book. Baumeister and Tierney notice that when asked about their greatest personal strengths, people come up with all sorts of virtues such as honesty, kindness, humor, creativity, bravery, and even modesty, but they forget about one very important virtue, self-control the daughter of willpower. It's true that many people forget to mention self-control in their CVs because they take it for granted. But it's also true that self-control is becoming an increasingly rare virtue in our modern turbo-capitalist world full of incentives and temptations where everything has to be delivered instantly and endurance, patience or persistence seem to be on the way. Now, can we fight back against the overall decline of willpower by getting to know more about it? Yes, because every concept, no matter how abstract, comes to life and starts working its effects once it's understood. That is, by the way, the power of education. Oh yeah! The first thing that everyone should know about willpower is that it's a resource, a resource that gets depleted as you use it throughout the day. And this is Baumeister's key finding that once understood makes all the other findings from the book not only logical, but also self-evident. According to Baumeister, everybody wakes up with finite amount of willpower and they are using its stock to confront and resist all manner of things like frustrating traffic, tempting food, annoying colleagues, demanding bosses, or partying children. Resisting temptations or facing difficult decisions depletes your willpower, leaving you more vulnerable and prone to making bad decisions later during the day. And so, for example, resisting a dessert after lunch may cost you not being able to study vocabulary in the evening, because your depleted ego will opt for something less demanding instead. The goal, therefore, should be to get through the day without expending too much of your willpower. And Baumeister's book turns out to be extremely helpful in this respect, offering tips and clues on how to restore and conserve your willpower, as well as on how to avoid the major pitfalls. Let's start by looking at the things that help you conserve your willpower. First and foremost, you should rest and eat. Oh, yeah. Biologically, Baumeister says, your willpower depends on glucose. As long as you can keep a satisfactory level of glucose in your blood, your willpower should be fine. But the moment glucose runs low, your willpower weakens. And of course, it doesn't mean that your brain stops working when glucose is low, 
but it basically stops doing some things and starts doing others. We are, by the way, lucky here to be language learners and not dieters, because this is where the famous catch-22 of dieters resides. In order not to eat, a dieter needs willpower, but in order to have a willpower, a dieter needs to eat. Baumeister offers some solutions for that later in the book, and if you are on a diet, I highly recommend it. But for the time being, let's enjoy our status of simple language learners. Yay! Now, the second element, rest, is according to Baumeister just as important for willpower as food. For a rested will is a stronger will. Try to remember about it the next time you pass by a restaurant. Because a restaurant helps you to rest and restore your willpower. Another, this time non-biological factor affecting your willpower is neatness. Oh yeah! Baumeister mentions the story of Henry Morton Stanley, a British explorer who marching through the rainforests of Congo, despite being exhausted and barely alive, started each day from shaving clean. This one seemingly superfluous habit could have been paradoxically repleting his willpower, because as it turned out later in the lab, there is a link between external order and inner self-discipline. Baumeister observed people in both clean and messy rooms. Those in messy room scored lower in self-control on many measures, such as being willing to wait a week for a bigger sum of money, as opposed to taking smaller money right away. So if you want to study more effectively, it may not be a bad idea to clean up your room first. Have you ever got a homework like this? Yet another thing that has a positive impact on your willpower is being selfless, or in other words, using the willpower of others. There were numerous studies and observations made of people in extreme conditions, such as participants of the Navy SEALs Hell Week or prisoners of concentration camps, which proved that self-control is not selfish. The general conclusion being that having the ability of stepping outside of your own pain helps you to carry on. Now, in the context of learning a foreign language, it may be useful to shift the optics from learning to impress somebody to learning to help others understand you and the world around. The next factor improving your willpower may be sport. Baumeister has proved that exercising improves your stamina to hold out against temptations even if your mental resources had been depleted. There is also one optimistic conclusion coming from it, that exercising self-control in one area, such as gym for example, seems to improve self-control in all areas of life. So if you find learning a foreign language hard, you may consider joining a gym or taking up running. I wonder, by the way, how many language schools partner with gyms or other sport clubs. It seems like not a bad idea at all. One more way to trick your mind and improve your willpower is to use gamification. Oh, yeah. 
Baumeister mentions an experiment with children who couldn't stand still for a long time unless they were told that they are guards on watch. This simple trick has dramatically increased their endurance as now the tedious task has gained a totally new meaning for them. The secret of gamification lies exactly in this. It adds a new meaning to tasks that otherwise lack it or hide it away from us. Because biologically, willpower consumes glucose, but spiritually, willpower is powered by sense. Doing something that makes sense feeds your willpower. And even though Baumeister never puts it like that, he does mention that focusing on lofty thoughts far away from here and now may have a beneficial effect on your willpower. Last but not least, willpower benefits from regular monitoring. Oh yeah! Baumeister recommends controlling your spending and weighing yourself every day instead of once a week in order not to lose sight of your goals. Do it regularly, he says, and you are more likely to succeed. Baumeister praises also our smartphone culture, which seems to be perfectly suited for the task of self-monitoring, with tons of apps and tools which count your calories, steps, and every penny that you spend. However, monitoring your progress in foreign languages may not be as simple as controlling your weight, because there is no clear measure here. Neither word count nor covering another lesson on your smartphone app are 100% reliable. It's vital, however, to seek regular feedback from your teacher or an opportunity to use the language outside of the classroom. And that completes the list of the things you can do in order to conserve your daily stock of willpower. Let's revise them briefly. Eat and rest. Clean up your room. Don't be selfish. Exercise and do sport. Gamify when things are boring or repetitive and monitor yourself regularly. Now, let's take a look at some of the psychological traps and misuses of willpower, because even if you do everything right on the side of conserving it, there may still be processes you are not aware of that may sap it. First, there is the so-called Zygarnik effect, aka monkey mind, which says that uncompleted tasks keep popping up into mind. We owe it to evolution that our brain has a tendency to check off and remove from memory tasks that have been completed, but keeps returning to those that haven't been finished yet. Like in the story with a waiter who collected all the orders without taking down the notes and served everyone's food correctly, but when one of the clients returned to retrieve an item that had been left behind, the waiter didn't have a clue and didn't even remember where the client sat. All because, like he later said, he only remembered each order until it was served. On the other side, if a task hasn't been finished, it keeps popping up in our mind. One of the examples could be the so-called earworms, that is songs that we can't get rid of in our minds because apparently we haven't finished listening to them. However, the remedy to the Zygarnik effect seems to be quite simple. Make a plan. Once we have a detailed plan on what to do and when, our mind is satisfied and stops reminding us about uncompleted tasks. 
Be careful, however, because having a plan and sticking to it doesn't guarantee success. The second trap is the so-called what-the-hell effect, a very dangerous psychological reaction of our minds to missing our daily plan, busting a diet, or skipping a lesson. Our willpower keeps reinforcing itself with each success, that is, for example, with each extension of the streak of days without sugar. However, once we break the streak, we feel free to do the opposite. Baumeister provides an example of people who count calories and go overboard at a party. Knowing that they missed their daily limit, they keep stuffing themselves, feeling excused by the fact that the day is lost anyway. I had a similar experience studying with Duolingo. I had a beautiful streak of 60 plus days when I missed one and never came back to the app. The what the hell effect is difficult to fight, but realizing that it exists may be the first step to overcoming it. Knowing that it's a trap may help you to get back on track without the debilitating feeling that everything is lost, because more often than not, nothing is lost. And so you are sitting in your clean room, well-fed, and you've read about the Zygarnik and what-the-hell effects. You think your willpower is invincible now, but beware, because the next trap is called hot-cold empathy gap. Turn up the heat and the unthinkable becomes surprisingly thinkable. Research shows again and again that overconfidence in one's willpower is a commonplace. You think you are not going to touch that cake? Let's talk about it when it's right in front of you. You think you are faithful enough not to cheat on your partner? Let's talk about it in a strip club. You think you are going to learn one semester in two weeks? Come see me after the first week. People are simply prone to overrating their willpower, especially if they are saying something or making plans long before and in totally different circumstances. It's therefore recommended to plan ahead, think rationally, and avoid potential hot situations by all means. Also, try not to use your willpower only in emergency situations. If you remember the principal observation that willpower is a finite resource, you will know that willpower is not meant to be used like that. You may save yourself from one disaster, but you will likely fall into the next one. Successful people don't use their willpower as a last-ditch defense, but they mainly use it to develop effective habits and routines. Once a habit is developed, it costs you close to no willpower to do it. Also, a subtle trick offered by Baumeister is to tell yourself that you can have or do something later, which operates in the mind a bit like having it or doing it now. So the next time the thought about watching Netflix doesn't let you study, tell yourself you'll watch it later. At the end, it may turn out that you didn't want to watch it at all. Finally, don't confuse self-esteem with self-control. Many people believe that it's high self-esteem that leads to better performance at school or at work, but numerous psychological studies have proved that it's not true. If anything, it's rather self-control that leads to better performance. Thanks to virtues such as hard work, diligence, steadiness, and reliability, all related with self-control, 
more shy and sometimes less intelligent people can compete with more self-confident and more intelligent rivals. Baumeister uses the study about Asian American doctors to prove this point. Their average IQ is lower than Americans, but thanks to their upbringing favoring self-control, they hold the same positions as their more intelligent American colleagues. Now, self-esteem plays an important role in speaking foreign languages, but it's better if it's based on self-control, that is hard work and diligence, instead of inflated ego and not much else. And that completes the list of traps and processes which may negatively impact your willpower. Let's revise them briefly. The Zygarnik effect. The what-the-hell effect. The hot-cold empathy gap. Using willpower as a last-ditch defense and substituting self-esteem for self-control. Now, with your willpower better understood and controlled, I hope that you are poised to study more effectively. My name is Jendrek, and that was the first episode of the English Language Live podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show, and stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you.